The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. And this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by our great friends over at Prize Picks. That's right. Make sure you head on over to prizepicks.com or download the Prize Picks app and use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% instant deposit match on your first deposit. Up to $100. And listen, if you have used any of our promo codes in the past, you are right now automatically entered into our Punt and Pass tournament contest. That's right. What do you have to do? Just play. All you have to do is play. It runs through December the 20th. You can play anything on prize picks. NFL, college basketball, college football, esports, soccer, whatever is on prize picks is up for grabs on our contest. You are not negatively affected by losing an entry. All that counts are your winning entries. The top three players with the most correct entries by December 20th get sweet prizes. That's right. We have two authentic Georgia jerseys up for grabs, a number 13 jersey, a number 11 jersey, and Prize Picks is throwing in 500 bucks credit on the Prize Picks app. So, number one, whoever wins first place, you get your first pick. Second place, you get to pick the remaining two. Third place, you're stuck with one of the three awesome prizes. Prize picks is daily fantasy simplified. You know it by now. All you have to do is download the app and pick a couple of players. Guess if they will go over or under their fantasy point projections. This weekend, JT Daniels for Georgia is taking on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt stinks. He's projected 23 or so fantasy points. Do you think he's going to go over or under? Well, we shall see, but you'd probably be smart to pick the over because Vanderbilt is horrible. Prize picks is the best. There's no optimizers. There's no sharks. It's just you versus the system. You versus the numbers. Download prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT and get active in our tournament. Special guest today on the podcast, shockingly, is the lines maker, the college football lines maker from prize picks. Rowdy Bowling is joining us. He is going to tell our listeners specifically how he comes up with the numbers, how you can optimize best your situation, your picks 
on prize picks to win the most money. It is a fascinating interview. We have a great time speaking with Rowdy. He gets you ready to roll for this weekend of college football on prize picks. And on this episode of Punt and Pass, Aaron and I get you ready to roll with this weekend in college football. So let's dive right into it. Here you go. All right, here we go. Be sure to follow us on social media at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler. Aaron, of course, is at Aaron Murray 11. And be sure to head on over to puntandpass.com. Everything you need to stay up to date in the world of college football. It's got our picks up there. It's got our YouTube page, which just continues to grow. Everywhere our podcast is distributed and the blog and our merch store. It's Christmas. Buy your friend a hat. They're the best-looking hats, if I do say so myself. Get some golf tees. We got it all. Head on over to puntandpass.com. Murray, my man, big week for you. You're in Knoxville, Tennessee right now. You are calling the Florida-Tennessee game, 3.30 p.m., CBS. You drove up there. Um, what's the skinny? I mean, you're, it's the big leagues. You better be getting ready for it. And no, way to get, no better way to get ready than do punt and pass. I know, I know. Get my mind ready for the game this weekend. And, and, and we had... Lucky enough to have Drew on my other show, the uh, on SiriusXM SEC channel with Chris Childers, and always lovely having you on there every yeah, Thursday uh, to break down college football as well. But yeah, I just got in today to Knoxville, and uh, you know, with quarantine time, it's it's straight to the hotel room, get in your room, uh, try to find some food on Uber Eats, do some shows, <laughs> watch a movie, go to sleep, and then we have uh, you know. So usually my games, we usually have coaches calls early in the week. So one of the teams will, you know, have on Tuesday or Wednesday, the other one Thursday, sometimes Friday Uh, for this week. Both our coaches calls are tomorrow, uh, which I actually kind of like. It gives me more time to watch film uh, and break down to, you know, have a little bit more to ask to our boy Grantham and Mullen and Pruitt and those guys tomorrow. Hopefully get a couple players from Tennessee. Had the opportunity to interview Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts the other day, uh, one-on-one, which was nice. So, yeah, man, there's just a lot more resources put into this 3:30 game from uh, yeah, I just can imagine all the information. My email is just blowing up, like it's just nonstop stats and articles, That's and awesome. facts, and uh, the crew is like quadruple the size of my normal crew. So you said it, man. It's it's uh, it's the big leagues. I'm excited. I had one game last year. I had the Auburn A&M game, which was fun, and I'm hoping tomorrow, not tomorrow, but Saturday's uh, doesn't disappoint. No question. What's it like when you interview your boy Dan Mullen or Coach Grantham, who you were the quarterback of his football team? You know, he's the defensive coordinator for a number of years. I mean, is there a familiarity with it? Are they buttoned up with the usual coach speak? Are you able to get something that others might not be able to get? Yeah, I, I think you know. Like I said, I, I love the interview interviews tomorrow on on Friday with with both staffs. But I think my relationship with with both Coach Mullen and and uh, coach Grantham, I should be able to get a little bit more out of them. For sure. They respect uh, than you. say, you know, Pruitt may not like me as much. So <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about me, that. Pruitt may not That's great. much tomorrow during our coaches meeting. So I'm interested to see, you know, I think these guys are professional enough. I mean, listen, I'm not going to know anything tomorrow that the opposing staff doesn't know. For so sure. there's no reason of holding anything back. I mean, these guys have watched enough film on each other. They know the tendencies. They know what each other wants to do in order to go out there and win. And, 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 and obviously our job is the media. We're not going to go, you know, I'm not going to, you know, we have Pruitt first tomorrow morning. I'm not going to then go to Dan Mullen and say, well, Pruitt said he's going to run this play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they know that. So um, I think everyone is professional enough that uh, we'll get some good stuff. It may be a little bit lighter, like I said, because I do have a, a better relationship with Grantham and, and coach Mullen that they may be able to give me a couple more 
nuggets here or there that I'll be interested to use in my uh in, in, in the broadcast on on Saturday. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's got to give you a level of confidence and comfortability to go in there and know the guys and have the respect immediately when walking in. And we're all fired up to listen to you and watch you. Three thirty p.m. CBS number six, Florida heads to Tennessee, and our boy Aaron Murray is on the call. Let's touch on some quick headlines before we bring in our guest this week, which, of course, I mentioned in the open, Rowdy Bowling, the college football lines maker from Prize Picks. Look, I'm doing everything I can to help you guys win money, right? He gives some awesome tips on how to maximize and optimize on Prize Picks. But the biggest news this week off the football field, Aaron, happened at our alma mater, Greg McGarity, the athletic director. He will be retiring at the end of the year. Josh Brooks, who's the senior deputy athletic director right now at Georgia, will step into the interim role. January 1st, Jerry Moorhead, the president at Georgia, said it will be a pretty fast and swift process. They don't want to drag this thing out. But look, Georgia is, and I'm not saying this as biased because I went there, if you went around to any athletic director in the nation, I would assume that Georgia is a top eight to 10 job in America. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, listen, we may be a little bit biased, but Athens is a tremendous place. Great food, great people, great drinks, beautiful campus. The weather's great. I mean, it just positives go on and on and on and on and on. So you know, and then, then also you throw in the fact that it has good teams. I mean, yeah. you have a tremendous football team. The basketball team, you know, hopefully continues to get better. They just had the number one pick in the draft, for goodness sake. So you would hope that helps on the recruiting trail. Uh, then the rest of the sports have traditionally been pretty darn good. So, yeah, I think this is a tremendous spot. You're in the SEC. Like I said, the campus and downtown are awesome. You're an hour away from Atlanta. So if it's the Mrs. or Mr., if it, we do get a female AD there, uh, wants to go for a little shopping trip to Atlanta, they can go for the day and be right back to Athens. So <laughs> That's a good it point. It is a good place to be for sure. But All right. I think you're with me. I'm, I'm fingers crossed our boy Josh Brooks gets the gig. Yeah, you know, I, I am with you in that. And when the news broke, I, I sent out a tweet, and I would love your response to this because, look, you're the all-time leading quarterback in Georgia history. You're a very – um, public figure, obviously you're going to support the university as you now live back in the state of Georgia. You're not from Georgia. You're from Florida. You could have easily moved back to Florida. You are in the state of Georgia for obvious reasons, and I think the university would lean on somebody like you or at least respect your opinion. This is the question that I asked Twitter broadly. I said, if you're a University of Georgia student, student-athlete, alumni, fan, former student-athlete, supporter, booster, donor, etc., what is the most important thing to you in regards to the next hire as athletic director at UGA? I just wanted to know. I got some amazing responses. People were talking about jerseys, um, scheduling for the football games, um, parking on Saturdays, tailgating. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And I really appreciated getting to know what is most important. What do you think the athletic director should be focused on? I would love to know Aaron Murray's opinion on that. Well, I, as we see around, um, I guess, the country right now, it's it's an arms race when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to facilities. So I think it's a continuation to to push the facilities. I know football-wise, it's tremendous, but just all the sports continue to be the best. If you want to bring yeah. in the best athletes, you know, I, I think Georgia has a great group of coaches yep. uh, for, for all these sports. I don't think coaching is an issue. I don't think guys aren't committing to Georgia because of coaching, I don't even know if they're not committing to Georgia because of the facilities. But I do think the facilities is what separates a lot of these programs right now. Kids want the flashy stuff. 
Uh, obviously, fans want all that other stuff, the parking, the the games. Um, at the end of the day, you know, when you go to recruit's house, you're selling your in the SEC, you're playing the best competition week in and week out. Uh, you got great coaching. And then you throw in the fact, too, that we have elite facilities for you to to train at, to rehab, to prepare, to get you right each and every week, and then also to get you ready to go for the NFL. So I, I, like I said, I just think the arms race when it comes to the facility is going to be continuous for, sure. uh, for a long, long time. So that person has to be very focused on that, I believe. Yeah, and um, a certain somebody named Josh Brooks has been in charge of the facilities and the capital raising with the Bulldog Club to continue to make sure the facilities move forward in the way that they should. Now, to me, my whole thing is this, and this may seem simpleton to you, Aaron, and it may seem too you know, on the point, win championships. That's it. If you win championships, everything else falls into place. Is that very easy to say and much harder to do? Of course it is. But if you go back to Alabama when they hired Nick Saban. Now, Mal Moore did a fantastic job of luring Nick Saban, getting him out of Miami when he was with the Dolphins, making sure that he did not go anywhere else in college, and backing up the Brinks truck and paying him to come to Alabama. My wife, who everybody knows who listens to Punt and Pass, was at Alabama in 2007. That was Nick Saban's first year. Tuscaloosa now, if you go to the city of Tuscaloosa or the campus or the athletic facilities now compared to when Nick Saban had just got there, you wouldn't even believe you're in the same place. It's because they won championships. Capital raising follows. Alumni support follows. Booster enthusiasm follows. Everything falls into place. Look at what's happening at Clemson. Clemson did everything they could, threw a ton of money at football, said, you know what, guys? We're going all in. They started winning championships. Brand new facilities, best in the nation. Unbelievable game day experience. Booster enthusiasm. Capital raising. It's all because of championships. Now, I see a lot of people saying, well, I want somebody with experience. I want somebody who can hire championship coaches. That, that again, is much easier said than done. I see Rob Mullen's name brought in there. Rob Mullins was the athletic director at Oregon. He was the college football playoff committee chairman. That is somebody who I don't think is a good fit for Georgia because he has no ties to Georgia. Now, do I think it's imperative that somebody does have ties? It's certainly not make or break. But if you've been at Georgia for a while, if you have a Georgia degree, it means more. That's obvious. That is 100% obvious. And if you've been there since 2008 and you've seen the growth of the program and you were a part of what it took to get Kirby smart there and now you work lockstep with Kirby, I think that's far more important. Somebody said on Twitter, ask Kirby smart who he wants as athletic director, negotiate the contract, and let's move forward. Quite honestly, that might be the best way forward. Josh Brooks, who I will openly say I think is the right choice, in his press conference as interim athletic director said, if Georgia got a badminton team, my goal would be to win a national championship for that badminton team. That's the key right there. He's highly respected from a lot of people within the athletic department already. He's highly respected from a lot of top donors, from a lot of former players, tons of current players, and probably most importantly, Aaron, Kirby Smart. That's it, man. If everybody's locked in arms, you put your hand in the pile, it's just like football. What do we have to do to take the sometimes next step? If it, it, sometimes the people are like, oh, it's just, it can't be that easy. Like, this is an AD position. Well, it Sometimes it can be yeah, that easy. Yeah, it's very obvious, true. Obvious choice could be just right in front of you. And I just think, you know, obviously there's a lot 
you know, a lot more people who are smarter at least than than you, uh, me not so much, but uh, that are going to be <laughs> working this deal to try to figure out who's going to be the next AD. And obviously, this this is this is an important position. Uh, this is a big university, a lot of money spent on the athletics. Obviously, as we see the campus, and obviously the football is the center of campus right there with Sanford Stadium. But I just think the obvious answer is just right in front of everyone's face right now. I think they see it. I think Moorhead sees it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think it's going to be Josh Brooks at the end of the day. I really do. I know uh, some interesting names have been thrown out there. The, the Stinchcomb brothers have been thrown out there. I've That's seen pretty, that as well. I, you know, I, I don't know I, if they would be I, interested. Do you think they would be interested? I don't. I could see Matt, not John. John, I think, is a little bit more. He's enjoying his life out there in the country. Yeah. A little bit more secluded. I know he's getting into some real estate, at least last time I talked to him he was. I could see Matt. Obviously, Matt is a little bit more uh, in the spotlight doing his games with the SEC Network, doing some studio shows with them as well. So, I mean, they're, they're both extremely smart individuals. Um, obviously, they don't have the, maybe the experience that Josh Brooks has. So yeah. I think that's what Josh Brooks has. Obviously, they have the little bit more name recognition when it comes to UJ fans don't know they are. I mean, they should just give the job to you and I. You know, we yeah, that too. That too. You know, yes, two, two I didn't even think about that. Head, so come on, let's make it happen. I agree with you. I agree with you. I see Coach Rick's name get thrown out there. People, that that's not the right answer. No. I love Coach Rick, no. but he's not fit to be an AD, no. and he's loving his life. He ain't gonna be the AD. And if you have any questions about Josh Brooks's resume, I'll just rattle off a few things right here. One, he got his master's from Georgia. Yes, that is important. Two, he left Georgia to be the athletic director at Millsaps, did a bunch of awesome stuff at Millsaps, got national recognition. Hell, he brought a beer garden to the football stadium. That right there is awesome. That was strategic. That was long-term thinking, and he's got the experience as an AD. Guess who arranged the Notre Dame home-and-home series? Yes, of course, that was Josh Brooks. Who loves the light show at Sanford Stadium? Ring, ring, ring. Josh Brooks, who has implemented the COVID strategy to make sure this season has gone off without a hitch at Sanford Stadium. That's Josh Brooks. Who set up the concert, the Jason Aldean concert years ago, which was a rousing success Mm -hmm. inside Sanford Stadium? That was Josh Brooks. People talk about game day experience at Sanford Stadium. How can it get better? Josh Brooks has done the grab-and-go concessions. He replies personally on email to people who have complaints. He listens, and he tries to fix the problem. And that retro signage, all that new stuff you see at Sanford, look, that's Josh Brooks, my man J-Bone. So that's who I'm supporting. I just got that resume from our buddy Ryan Skates from the Poor Man's Game Notes, so thank you, Ryan. The number one most important thing, though, Aaron, and I think – Georgia certainly has a mountain to get over in Alabama. And before Josh Brooks came to Georgia, he was the director of football operations at Louisiana Monroe. And in 2007, Louisiana Monroe beat Alabama, coached by Nick Saban. That right there is all I need to know. If somebody can beat Nick Saban, make him the athletic director at Georgia. Let's get over this hump. Let's win some championships. There you go. That's my thoughts. Well, that, 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 that eliminates us from the list, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, well, I it guess, does. That's... I guess we'll just stick to the podcast and shows. Oh, since we've funny lost man. Alabama. Funny man. How about BYU and Coastal Carolina? Quick thoughts. We're going to get to our interview here in a minute, but I love the agility. I love the adaptability. We got a couple of 9-0 undefeated group of five teams that are going to hit it off this weekend. It'll be one of our picks and pump, pass, and pick. Are you happy to see this happen? Hell yeah, I'm happy to see it happen. I mean, this is what needs to happen and need to happen this entire season. People will be flexible. People will be willing to play each other. 
uh, to make games happen for these kids. It's about the kids. They want to play. They've sacrificed a lot. Yes. Uh, and if you could make a game happen, make a game happen. So I think it's great for both these teams, national spotlight two undefeated teams. Um, this is exciting stuff. This is what BYU needs. I mean, the big thing against them and this whole season has been like, Oh, well, you've had one good win against Boise state. And that's kind of been it. Um, they've looked dominant. They've looked apart. This is an opportunity for them to beat a ranked team in coastal Carolina and same thing for coastal Carolina to beat a good team in BYU. So this is got a lot of eyeballs on this one. Yeah. And I think winner, especially if it's BYU, I just think BYU has to jump inside the top 10. I mean, listen, we love Georgia. We went to Georgia. I love my dogs. 10. The yeah. dog, the dog should not be in the top 10. I'm sorry. Fans don't get mad at me. I, I, you know, I love it because I'm a fan, but as a, as a, guy that is is you know has a job to do when it comes to college football and announcing and um they shouldn't be top they, 10 they should not be in the no. top 10 they have they've they've really haven't been any quality teams this year like or elite teams and the two teams that they they, they played that are in the top you know five or six waxed them just completely embarrassed yeah them. Wasn't so, even close. you know i just you know the brand of georgia and the brand of ohio state have kept them inside the top 10 in ohio state four ohio state has done nothing to be number four team in the country. Nothing. Has done nothing besides be Ohio State. That's it. They do not deserve to be the number four team in the nation. And and sorry, but Georgia does not deserve to be the number eight team in the nation right now. No, they don't. And again, I would love to know what they're saying in the committee meeting. I would love to know how they rationalize that. But of course, that's all done in secrecy. So we'll never know. But I agree with you. And this is where college game day is going, correct? BYU at Coastal yeah. Carolina yep. was supposed to be Liberty at Coastal. Liberty's dealing with some COVID issues. A lot of eyeballs here on the green turf Outside Myrtle Beach, that'll be fun. We'll touch on that in punt and pass. Any surprises with the college football playoff rankings? One Bama, two Notre Dame, three Clemson, four Ohio State. I mean, come on. Ohio State, you just mentioned it. Name, brand recognition. If you go by the eye test, if you go by last season, if you look at the roster, yeah, they might be a top 14, but you got to see more. They've got to play these last two games, Michigan State and Michigan. They have to. If they don't play them, and if they're not in their conference championship game, it would be a shame if they still put them it would into be. the playoffs. I mean, they're playing literally half the games that the rest of the country is playing right now. I mean, Drew, it, it, it's so much easier to get up for five games than have to get up oh for a 10-game, 11-game yeah. schedule in the SEC, even the ACC this year. I think we both agree maybe be better than the SEC. Like, that's a grueling year to be able to go 10-1, and 11-0, play in your conference championship game, and then get screwed by a team that only plays five games. Totally like, agree. It, it's sorry, it's unfortunate, but you know your your you, your conference screwed you. Yeah, they did. They 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 fumbled this thing. They screwed up from the beginning with the scheduling, and uh, it's unfortunate. But the world we live in today, it's unfair. But you, you got to be able to play a full season if you want to be considered for the top four. I just I hate the fact that they're number four now. I don't think they deserve it. I would love to see teams like, like I said, BYU. I would love to see a team like Cincinnati, I think, deserves it more than them. Um, I think Florida deserves it more. Obviously, Florida lost to A&M, so I understand why they're behind A&M. But Florida's a better football team than Texas A&M. Yeah. They play that game five times. You know, Florida probably wins four of them. I agree with that. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, Florida does control their own destiny, which, you know, Texas A&M doesn't. But I, I would have kept, like I said, I would have kept Ohio State out of the top four, probably out of the top five or six, and then definitely Georgia outside the top ten. 
I totally agree with you. Um, and again, these things always play themselves out for the most part. So we'll continue to watch after this developing situation within the college football playoff rankings. All right, let's head to our interview this week. I think it's fascinating. You got to hang around. Listen to Rowdy Bowling from Prize Picks. He's their college football lines maker. Think about this. It's daily fantasy. He is a daily fantasy lines maker, and it's an awesome interview. He gives you a ton of tips on how you can win money on Prize Picks. So here is our guest from Prize Picks, the college football lines maker, Rowdy Bowling. All right, let's welcome in our special guest to this week's episode of Punt and Pass. And he is special. He is the college football lines maker for Prize Picks. His name is Rowdy Bowling, as all of y'all know. We are running our punt and pass and prize picks tournament contest right now. All you have to do is play. Like I said, does not matter how many entries you play. There are no cap limits on how many times you can play. College football is going on. College basketball is back in the mix. The NFL is on seemingly every single day this week. And whoever has the most correct entries, it can be a two pick, it can be a five pick, it does not matter. Whoever has the most correct entries by December 20th, the top three, We'll get some awesome prizes. Two authentic UGA jerseys, a number 11, of course, for Murray, a number 13 for me, and Prize Picks is thrown in 500 bucks credit to play on the app. So play Prize Picks. And the reason we have Rowdy on because we want to know a little bit behind the scenes. Give our listeners an edge. That's the whole point. So, Rowdy, thanks so much for joining us this week. My first question is this. How does one become a college football daily <laughs> fantasy lines maker? Uh, just been watching college football since I was, uh, you know, old enough to walk. I'm from the South originally, where it's just, uh, you know, it means it means a little more to uh, still SEC's tagline. So been a been a fan of Prize Picks for a couple of years now. I've been playing, fell in love with the app, reached out to the team, um, was able to come on as a college football lines maker. Man, I, I love it so far. We got a great group of guys, yeah. uh, great app, great website. So you know, just just fall in love with sports early and. Let the rest will fall into place. Yeah, no question. We've had an awesome partnership with Prize Picks over the years here at Punt and Pass. We appreciate it. We love it. It goes really well with college football, with enjoying a Saturday, and of course with putting some cash in your pocket. And one of the reasons that I've enjoyed Prize Picks so much is because it's different, right? I mean, what Absolutely. I always say when we run our ads is that there's no sharks. There's no optimizers. Look, if you went to Fan FanDuel or DraftKings, there are professionals who put in thousands of algorithmic teams where you're kind of screwed if you're a casual player. How is Prize Picks different? Explain that to our listeners. Yeah, you know, you get to build your lineup, so to speak, so you can pick your favorite teams. If you're a Florida fan or Georgia fan, you get to pick players from your favorite team. As you cheer them on, you also hope they score more Prize Picks points and go over their projection or under whatever you select. So, you know, it's different in the fact that you can choose your own lineup. And like you said, you're not playing against Sharks. You know, you're playing against playing against the house, playing against me as the lines are set. So, you know, it's definitely more of a personal experience. And, uh, yeah, you know, if, if, if you make the right calls, it doesn't matter if someone, a Shark, makes a better call. As long as you make the right calls, you can win money. It's really unbelievable. I love to play. One of my favorite things to play is, is first-half action. I feel mm-hmm. like specifically with some divisional matchups in the NFL or in the SEC with two teams who know each other very well, maybe expect a slow start, maybe pick some unders, and then if it looks bad halfway through the second quarter, you can dive into some second-half action and try to make up what you may have lost or double up 
what you may have won. What have you seen that are some of the best ways where players can expose opportunity? Are there specific position groups? Are there specific numbers for a quarterback that's a key number? Like in sports gambling, obviously three and seven are gigantic. How's it different in daily fantasy? Yeah, so where there's a little bit of an exposure to have there, uh, if you can take a rushing quarterback like Kellen Mond, who we have on the board later, uh, on the board, on the SEC board there, uh, you know, he's going to add you some points with his legs, so you want to lean the over there because he's going to get you more than the traditional Kyle Trask, who even though he may throw for four touchdowns, he's not going to offer a lot with his legs. So, you know, I lean uh, rushing quarterbacks are going to get you those additional points. And then, you know, second half, if you feel like you have a good feel for the game, feel like you can get a little bit of an edge there as, as you watch the game develop no question you know obviously I'm biased but I love playing <laughs> kickers because if you know a team's going to put a lot of points on the board or if you know a team is not really successful in the red zone you can really rack up points quickly with kickers you guys often do put kickers on the board yep. um, speak to me there about how you guys set the lines for kickers in general because i find it and of course with punt and pass i find it very beneficial to sometimes pair quarterbacks with kickers yeah you know there's definitely a little bit of correlation there for quarterback scores the kicker is going to score as well um you know we lean on the uh the, the total spread for the game uh, if it's a high over under the kicker is going to have a little bit of a higher projection because we expect more points you know and based on uh, team totals as well so this week you have Florida scoring roughly 40 points against Tennessee. There's going to be, you know, three or four extra points there. So that's a solid four. And maybe you can get to field goal range a couple of times and add on some additional price fix points. Yeah, no question. Florida's kicker, Evan McPherson, one of the yep. best in the nation, long range. If he makes a 40 or 50 plus yard field goal, those are points and you're probably going to hit exactly. the over in a quick fashion. Speaking of kickers, and I, and I have to ask this question, it needs to be the punt and pass special this week. Vanderbilt, <laughs> of course, is traveling to Athens. Vandy against Georgia. All the news is about Sarah Fuller, Vanderbilt's kicker. Is she going to get a chance? She needs to be on the board this weekend, Rowdy. <laughs> I would probably set her projection at a half a point over on <laughs> Yeah, we'll definitely uh, see about getting her added on there. I know it'll be a big draw to the crowd. Everyone's cheering for her, so... Uh, Keep an eye out on the prize picks board. She might pop up there a little later this week. I love that. You know, you guys had the turkey traveling around for uh, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. last week. You know, might just need to throw the punt and pass logo on Sarah Fuller <laughs> and see if we can get some people to uh, to definitely play her. Speak to us about the trends. You know, I, I, if, you, if you follow sports gambling, we talk about it a lot. Obviously, this is mm-hmm. daily fantasy. Public loves the over. Uh, is that mm-hmm. pretty much the same on prize picks? It's a lot of fun to root for points, to root for touchdowns, yep. to root for field goals. Um, is there a discrepancy in the public valuing the over more than maybe looking at it um, from more of a subjective look and saying, you know what, I should probably play an under here? Yeah, I mean, definitely want to take the over. Uh, you know, no one wants to be the guy or girl cheering for less points. So, you know, the public loves the over for that reason. Um at prize picks, I still think you have an advantage to the over. You know, you look at players, like I said before, with Trask and Najee Harris. Those kind of guys are always going to put up points. It seems like we can't set them high enough. They're always scoring touchdowns. So, you know, you look at the bigger spread with Alabama versus LSU. Going to be a lot of points scored. Going to feed Najee, I would imagine. So, you know, you, you lean the over when it makes sense uh, in those kind of cases. You know, I had a great four pick that I tweeted out for Sunday night football last week, and I was feeling really good about it. And I threw a defensive player in there, and it was Khalil Mm -hmm. Mack. Khalil Mack, three points in the first half against the Packers. I'm thinking, surely he's going to get a sack or a couple of tackles. 
He'll go over. I wasn't even worried about it. Sure enough, Aaron Rodgers over 11 points. They lit it up in the first half. That mm. checked out for me. Mason Crosby, like I said, I like to pair kickers with quarterbacks. He went under because he missed an extra point, and his total for the first half was five points. So I went under. I said, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're going to be throwing five extra points, and I didn't see them maybe getting some field goals. Trubisky went over with a yep. crazy late second quarter drive. And Khalil Mack, I mean, he had two points. It was projected at three. Yep. That was a 10Xer. I would have won 200 bucks off a $20 play. Yep. Talk to me about some defensive players. How do you value or how should the public look at playing a defensive player in their lineup? Yeah, so I think it kind of stems from the offense. You know, if you have a team that's going to be running the ball a lot, you're going to want to hit those linebackers overs um, because they're going to be more in the mix to make tackles. If it's a team that throws a lot, um, you're going to want to lean towards the secondary overs because the secondary people are going to be making the uh, making the tackles there. So I think it all depends on what kind of offense they're facing uh, when you break it down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Price pick simply is the best. Okay. We're going to talk about some specific numbers here. Kellen Mon, 21 and a half points. I think this is game of the weekend, really. Auburn at home is tricky. Auburn is hosting number five, Texas A&M. Bo Nix plays amazingly well inside mm-hmm. Jordan-Hare Stadium. I know LSU is down, but go back and look what they did to LSU when LSU came to town. They blew them out of the water. This is the classic Gus Malzahn game. Auburn always wants him fired. Late in the season, he gets him a top-five win. You can't do away with him. A lot of points projected here. Kellamon, 21.5. Bo Nix, 18.5. And it looks like Tank Bigsby is going to be back, projected 16 points out of Auburn's backfield. Kellamon, 21.5, that's that's pretty rich. And Auburn's defense Mm -hmm. can suck it up a good bit. Yeah, you know, I think it ties back to what we were talking about earlier with getting a quarterback that can add the uh, add the rushing yards to his total there. So that's why we kind of have him set a little higher because he can run the ball. Um, you know, I think he stumbled last week, but I think he can get back on track this week. You know, he's been playing extremely well. Um, and, you know, like you said, Auburn's rush defense is good. They're going to stop the run and it's going to they're going to have to lean on Kellen Mond to be successful. So absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk about this Georgia matchup. JT Daniels. I mean, what an anomaly for you specifically, an unknown commodity after coming back from an ACL, two great debuts against Mississippi state and South Carolina. I mean, what can you take from those? The teams were so beat up skeleton crews, if you will. I mean, hats off. And I talked about it hats off for those teams playing the games. They could have easily said, we don't have enough. We don't want to play, but this weekend, He's playing Vanderbilt. I mean, look, put me in at quarterback at Vanderbilt, and you might project me to get 15 points on prize picks. He is projected 24.5 points. Is that strictly off how he's played or how bad Vanderbilt is? It's a little bit of both, right? So we take in his recent form. He's looked great so far. And like you said, at the end of the day, it is Vanderbilt. I mean, uh, Connor Basilak threw for, I think, 315 last week against them. So, I mean, they're just, they're just not good at football, right? So I, I do think uh, JT, JT Daniels is going to, you know, probably throw for four touchdowns against uh, against Vandy there. They're projected to score uh, 44 points. So I think he's going to get his early and often. And then they might lean on uh, on Zamir White later on in the game. I, I like where you're going there. I keep hearing you talk about offensive points per game, some projections on the scoreboard, being able to correlate that with some fantasy points for specific players. That's a nice little hat tip to some of our listeners who want to cash in this weekend. Let's speak about Georgia's running backs, Zamir White and James Cook. They're both big breakaway players, so you have them pretty evenly projected. Uh, Zeus has 19 points projected this weekend, James Cook at 17 points. Is that strictly based off of you don't know which one of them is going to rip off a 70-yard touchdown catch or run? (laughs) Yeah, it seems that way, right? So. 
With Zamir White, strictly volume, he has five rushing touchdowns last five games. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. Uh, and then James Cook, he's a receiving threat out of the backfield. He's going to get his catches. And in a PPR league, you know, I mean, there's a point per catch. He gets five catches. He's already at five without even tacking on the extra yards. So, yeah, you know, and also James Cook, I mean, he's a home run hitter. So both these guys can rip him off. And like I said, at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're playing Vanderbilt this week. So I think that has a lot to do with the uh, the higher projections this week. Absolutely. And just to be clear, I mean, this is a Wednesday afternoon. Lines change based off yep. the action that come in off the players, just like any regular sports book, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. So if a lot of people hammer Kyle Trask's over, that 31.5 projection will continue to go up. So yep. make sure you get your plays in when you see some value for sure. Look, I've learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners have as well. I just need to make sure Sarah Fuller's on the board. If I need to email Adam Wexler, the founder <laughs> of Prize Picks, I'll make it happen. I need the punt and pass logo on the app. Sarah Fuller inside Sanford Stadium. That'll be fun. And, and you know what? You can even use my projections. So I just did your work for you. One awesome. half of a point, Rowdy. I appreciate it. Hey, we'll take the, uh, we'll take the, it's basically giving away money on the, at that point. Absolutely, my man. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time. I know our listeners do as well. Again, download the Price Picks app. Go to pricepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT. You get a 100% instant deposit match on your first deposit up to $100, and you are automatically entered into our contest that runs through December 20th. We're giving away awesome prizes, and you can't lose. You just keep playing. No cap, no limit on how many entries you can play, and you can get active and have a lot of fun and win some sweet prizes along the way. Rowdy Bowling, Prize Picks College Football Lines Maker. We really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Drew. Awesome to have Rowdy join the podcast. Hope y'all enjoyed it. I learned a ton. And look, Aaron and I have been playing on the weekends. We text each other. We chef mm-hmm. up a couple of first-round picks, uh, first-half picks, excuse me, a couple of games, usually the night games, Sunday night, Monday night football, trying to make it right. So go ahead on out, download Prize Picks, use the promo code PUNT, go to prizepicks.com. You get a 100% instant deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. So with that being said, let's get into these prize picks, Aaron. The game of the week is Texas A&M at Auburn. Kellen Mond is a running quarterback. Rowdy just told us running quarterbacks usually tend to lean over. He has projected 21.5 points. I like the over here. Listen, I'm going to listen to the lines maker. I like the over. I think he gets a touchdown on the ground, maybe. But he can scramble, get outside the pocket, make things happen. I'm 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 gonna go under on this one. I mean, Ooh, I watched him last play. week and it was it was atrocious. I mean, he could not hit anything and, and hopefully he makes the corrections, but I just think overall the AM team doesn't have a lot of of great speed and athleticism at the receiving position right now. I love their tight end. Um they got a good running game and I agree Kellen Maud needs to use his legs, but he hasn't used his legs as much this season as I'd hoping he would. Um so I just don't think all of a sudden just he's just gonna pop up and start running for hundred yards. This week versus Auburn, it's on the road. This Auburn defense isn't terrible. I mean, I love the way they played last week against Alabama in the first half. I think they just ran out of steam because their offense couldn't do much. So I think, they, like I said, I, I like the under for this one for Kellamon. All right, what about Tank Bigsby back in the lineup? You know Auburn loves to get the run game situated early to settle Bo Nixon. Yeah, he's been banged up, but he's projected 16 fantasy points. You think they're going to establish the run early, or is A&M going to sell out to stop Tank Bigsby? I think a is going to more stop, you know, sell it to stop the run. Um, and this is a pretty good rush defense at a They're only giving up 87 yards rushing per game this season. So I think they're going to say, listen, if you guys are going to win, 
you're going to have to do it with Bo Nix and, and throwing the football. So I think there's going to be, which I would too, you know, if I'm a team playing Auburn, I'm going to say, we're going to load the box. We're going to play man, the man defense. And if you're going to win, it's going to have to be Bo Nix either throwing the ball or running it. So, you know, and I, I obviously tank is healthy. Um, we'll see how healthy he is. And, and I just don't feel good about this, that him going against this defense, which has been pretty stout against the run. Totally, totally agree. I, I would go under there as well. All right. Quick hitters. Rowdy said, he's like, some players, we can't set the line high enough, so give me a quick over-under. Kyle Trask, 31.5 fantasy points. Woo! That's a lot. Um, (laughs) That's a lot. Gosh, that is a lot of points right there. I'm going to go under. Yeah, is he even going to play all four quarters? Well, I also think Tennessee's going to be able to run the football. I really do. I think Tennessee's going to be able to run the ball against Florida and slow it down. And, and, And Tennessee defensively, they play a lot of shell defense, a lot of too high safeties, which is just, you know, it forces a quarterback to either check the ball down or it forces a team to have to run the football. And I think that's what Tennessee is going to want to do in this game is just say, hey, Florida, you're going to have to run the game, run the ball. We're going to slow this game down. We're going to try to eat up the clock ourselves. So I just don't know if Kyle Trask is going to have all the possessions he needs um, and then all that man to man defense that he needs to put up that kind of stats. He's going to have a great game, no doubt about it. It's just 31 and a half points is a hell of a game. I just think that's a little bit too high. That's very high. Mac Jones, 30 points against the LSU. That is going to be an interesting football game. Can't believe it's actually being televised. Alabama, LSU, 8 p.m. CBS, 30 <laughs> uh, points. I'd go the over. Yeah. I'd go the over on this one. I just think LSU offensively is going to struggle, and it's going to be the opposite of what we just talked about with, with Florida and Tennessee. Alabama is going to have tons of field position, good field position, tons of possessions, and I think they're going to absolutely destroy LSU. Yeah. Oh, just destroy yeah. it. I think Mac's going to have a heck of a game. No doubt. I like JT Daniels against Vanderbilt over 22 and a half. And Ooh. I like Zamir under. White. You like under 22 and a half? I just think Georgia, They last week is more of Georgia and who they are. Yeah, you know, two balanced weeks ago, approach, yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago they wanted to run the football. They just couldn't. And that's why they had to rely on JT throwing it. Last week versus South Carolina, what they do? They ran it. So what they do? They just kept running it yeah. and running it and running it and running. I think they're going to do the same thing versus Vanderbilt. They're going to run it early. They're going to have success. And and Kirby's going to say, just keep running the damn ball. Yeah. Let's just Get win the football here. game. Yeah. So I just don't think that they're going to struggle in the run game to have to resort to JT having to throw the ball twenty five plus times. All right. So Zamir White nineteen. I'll go over. Zamir I'll go over White. Zamir. Yeah. I'd rather go over for the run game than the pass game for Georgia. And I mentioned it to Rowdy. I said, you have to put Sarah Fuller on the board for punt and pass. And I, I said it. I said her line this week is one half of one point. 0.5 points. If she makes one extra point, it's an over. If she makes one field goal, it's an over. But I said, Rowdy, call up Adam Wexler, the founder and CEO of Prize Picks, and tell them to put Sarah Fuller on the board. Set it at a half a point. So we'll see. I'm sure they will. And if not, I'll raise hell. I'll raise hell. I will raise hell. Let's do pump, pass, and pick, Aaron. Great weekend of college football ahead. I had an awesome week last week. I was four and one. You oh, were two and three. You're sliding a little bit. It. Need you to pick up the pace. I'm 33 and 27 on the season. You're 29 and 31. It's going to be SEC heavy here, but we'll end with two games outside the SEC. First up, number five, Texas A&M at Auburn, 12 noon ESPN. This line's fishy to me. A&M is only a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Everything would scream at you on paper that says A&M should blow these dudes out. I don't think so. I'll start us off. 
Give me the home dog. I think it's going to be close. I will take the six and a half points. Don't be shocked if Gus Malzahn wins this football game. It is the classic, quintessential Gus Malzahn late season victory over a top 10, top five team. Auburn fans always want to get rid of him, and he wins that one game that just says, "Uh uh-uh, you can't do it yet. So you know what? I am going there. Give me the six and a half points, and I think Auburn might win the game. I'm with you. I think Auburn wins this football game. I wow. really do. I just, I, I, I'm, you know, A&M has been too hot and cold this entire season. Yep. You know, they, they, they look great for Florida. Uh, let's not forget. This is a team that struggled early on the season. They struggled mightily last week against a not very good LSU team this year. So I'm just not a hundred percent sold on A&M. Um, I, I think Auburn at home, obviously we know Bo Nix plays better at home. I, I think Auburn wins his football game. So, yeah, I'm going to take them with the points. All righty. I wish we could do the Florida-Tennessee game. Aaron, of course, is calling the game. That's not allowed. I'll tell you right now, though, lay the points. Florida minus 17 and a half. I think it's going to be a heyday. I don't think Tennessee's going to show up. Aaron just said he thinks they'll be able to run the football. He thinks they'll be able to slow this game down. I think this is a telling situation. Do these players still believe in the coaching staff? Is this a referendum on Jeremy Pruitt? We're all going to find out. If they play hard and play their asses off and get nasty in the trenches, they have an unbelievable offensive line when they want to be nasty, then it could get slowed down. They could keep this game close. I don't think so, though. I think everybody wants Pruitt out, and I think this one could get ugly. You know Florida wants to continue to hang it up and put points on the board, get Trask the Heisman, make sure that they are in the best position possible to beat Alabama. So... I think this one could get out of hands. Aaron, you don't have to pick the game, but just give us your quick thoughts. You have been touching on it all episode. Yeah, and listen, I mean, they're going to have to run the football to make this thing close. Uh, I, I, one, I, I don't know who the quarterback is going to be. You know, we'll have our coaches call tomorrow. Um, there is a, a quarterback in, in quarantine right now for Tennessee. We don't know who it is. So maybe they'll shed some light on that for us, like I said, during the coaches' calls. But I just don't have a lot of faith on whoever it is out there. Um, yeah, this is going to be – it's it's – you know, the good thing is Florida has not started off strong the past two weeks. You know, they, they've struggled early on yeah. versus, uh, you know, and, and, and so if Tennessee can come out there, run it, make this thing close at halftime, you're at home, see if you can take care of that, you know, take advantage of that momentum heading into the second half. So fingers crossed, man, I want to call a good yeah, that'd game. Yeah, be great. So I'm hoping Tennessee shows up and plays a good one. All right, you're leading into the primetime CBS game at 8 p.m. Number one, Alabama looking for some revenge. They, of course, lost to LSU a year ago in Tuscaloosa. This game is in Baton Rouge. Alabama's a 29.5-point favorite. I I don't know. You could make this a 39.5-point favorite, and I'd still take Alabama. I'll lay the points. LSU's top receiver just opted out for COVID in week 13 or whatever the hell it is. I mean, it is an unbelievably ugly situation in Baton Rouge. Defending national champions. It's crazy to me. Lay the 29 and a half. Alabama's unstoppable. Yeah, this is going to be a, an absolute massacre. LSU offensively has been a struggle bus. The quarterback situation Who's is starting. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter because yeah. neither of them have played well. And, and it's unfortunate. I mean, they're both young. They're freshmen, for goodness sakes. And I don't think either of them was expected to start this year. Uh, they got thrown into a terrible situation where, you know, their best receiver opted out at the end of the season. The, the running game hasn't been great. They don't have a lot of talent. The receivers, I mean, just a lot of issues there. And then you throw the fact, too, the defense hasn't played great um, on top of that. So, um, yeah, Alabama is going to roll, 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 roll. I'm with you. They may win this game by 40 or 50 points. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right, Vanderbilt heading to Athens to take on number eight, Georgia. This game's at 4 p.m. on SEC Network. 
Georgia's a 35-and-a-half-point favorite. Let's just set the stage here, okay? Vanderbilt just fired their head coach. There were reports this week of players, starters on Vanderbilt, thinking about boycotting the game this weekend because of what happened with Sarah Fuller last week. They thought legitimately, and you can go online and read it, they thought it was a publicity stunt. They thought that they had guys on the roster who were better prepared and better equipped to kick in the football game. We all saw what Sarah Fuller did with the kickoff. They said it was a planned mortar kick. I've never seen a mortar kick like that. I went back and watched the film, Aaron. There were three guys, two yards off sides on that kickoff. And of course they didn't call it. Amazing story. She's traveling. The interim head coach, Todd Fitch, I don't even know his background. Dude, this program is in disarray. Did you see the news about their radio announcer today? Yeah. I mean, he this is... The radio announcer was supposed to be on with with Chalmers and I. Was UNCC? And he, he he never showed up, so we were thinking. You know, so we just found out today the news. So like he was probably too drunk and forgot to get on with us. So this guy's been with Vandy for like twenty plus years easily. He's been their play by play radio broadcaster for Vanderbilt football for twenty plus years. I guess they had a call in show. He was drunk on it. They found out. He got fired. He's checking himself into rehab. This is all during the last four days. It is insane at Vanderbilt. I'm surprised if they show up in Athens tomorrow afternoon for this game. And I haven't gotten a pick with Georgia Wright in weeks. I'll lay the 35 and a half. And if you can't cover 35 and a half against Vanderbilt, I know that's a huge number. I know that Vegas knows what they're doing. Have some pride, Georgia. Put up 40. Don't let them score. End of story. I'm just looking right now. I don't think anyone has beaten them by 35 points this year. Well, last week, um, Missouri no. beat them 42 oh, nothing. 41. There you go. I missed yeah. that one. Oops, there, man. Uh, I started with the Florida game and Florida only Florida won 38 to 17. Yeah, if Missouri can put up 41 nothing, then the dogs better be able right. to put a stop out on them. So yeah, I'll I'll take it too. I mean that that program is a a crap show right now. I just um, I I like. I do like their quarterback. I feel bad for their quarterback because the kid is, is he's decently talented. He can throw the ball. Talk about Ken Seals over here. No support around him, and he just gets his head just blown up every other play because of the lack of protection. Um, they should allow him. I'm going to start a petition for Ken Seals. They should allow him to transfer wherever he wants this year. Not <laughs> and no and penalty. Or anyone else. Just because he's he's too talented to be on that roster right now. It looks like a high. I mean, it looks like a high school team. It's well, unbelievable. It's playing a high school stadium. What do you expect? Yeah. Who's your pick? You you laying the points? You like Georgia? Yeah, my, okay, Georgia minus thirty five and a half. You asked me this question when I was just on with you on SEC Radio. What job would you rather take, Vanderbilt or South Carolina, right now? I would rather take Vandy because I would rather live in Nashville. Yeah, that's what I said. That's, that's, that's what I said. Much it. And I feel like. So the, the the difference is, I think Vanderbilt could have a lot of potential. You live in you live in Nashville, or the campus in Nashville. It's right there. Uh, you got great academics, and and they have to have money for goodness sake. Yes. All these SEC schools have money. If you just built a decent facility, yeah. and built a new stadium, and you don't need like a, a ninety thousand seat stadium. All you need is like a twenty five, thirty thousand seat stadium. Like a cool, like those cool soccer stadiums. Yes, intimate, like modern. Yes, yes, intimate, modern, really fun. You build one of those with a good facility. I think you can get kids on campus. Yeah, I think you have a lot of selling points already. 
So I agree with I, you. I, I, they just have to be willing to spend money to make that happen. If they, if you can convince them to put some money into the facilities, I think Vanderbilt could be a fun little destination for kids. I, I agree with you to that point. I chose South Carolina. I said if our wives are choosing, obviously we're in Nashville. Columbia in the summertime is not exactly paradise. Um, but look at South Carolina's track record, what they've been able to do. Coach Spurrier found success there. You can get NFL-type guys. That was my choice. We talked about high school football. Did you see the ending to the Alabama 5A state championship game last night? Jake Gaines, you, you played with Jake, right? Jake Gaines, linebacker? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so he's a coach for Thompson High School in Alabama. They went undefeated last year. They won the state championship. Undefeated all through this season. So they're 13-0 and going into the state championship game. They're playing Auburn High School in Tuscaloosa at Bryant-Denny Stadium. They were down 29... They were down 38 to 29 with one minute left. Okay. 38 to 29, down nine points with one minute left. Auburn is punting. They block the punt. The guy who blocks it scoops and scores, returns it for a touchdown. They make an onside kick. They recover it. They run two plays, set up a field goal with four seconds left, and won the football game. They Damn. scored. 10 points in like 36 seconds and won the football game That's awesome. to win the state championship. I was seeing videos of it last night on Twitter and uh, find that on YouTube. shit is unreal. It's I, I retweeted it. It was absolutely unreal. High school football is the best shout out to Jake Gaines. I mean, good for you, dude. That's awesome. Um, quick. Our last two picks. We don't have to talk too much about them. Number 12, Indiana just lost our quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. to a torn ACL taking on number 16, Wisconsin. This game's at three 30 PM on ABC. Wisconsin's a two-touchdown favorite, laying 14 points. I think without their quarterback, Indiana's certainly in a tough spot. But give me two touchdowns. I'll take Indiana yeah. plus 14. Uh, yeah, two touchdowns is a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, Wisconsin had that great game to start the season. They looked tremendous versus Illinois, but Illinois is kind of trash. Um, no, listen, I'll go with Wisconsin. You lose okay. your starting quarterback, that, that hurts the football team. A ton. Um, I know they had a tough loss to Northwestern. I'm talking about Wisconsin here. But, I mean, they handled Michigan pretty well, 49-11 to 11 as well. So, I like the Badgers. I still like their quarterback. So, I'll take them with the 14. All righty. And then this last game here, hopefully too many people don't turn out of your game, which I don't think they will. Tennessee-Florida is going to be a, a good game. But it's the Battle of the Unbeatens, number 13, BYU, on the road to Myrtle Beach. Take on number 18-ranked Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers. It's at 5.30 p.m. on ESPNU, and BYU is a 10-point road favorite. So they are getting respect somewhere, just not from the college football playoff committee. Zach Wilson is a legitimate Heisman contender with Heisman-like statistics. This right here is what we should have late in the season between group of five teams. Who wants to play to validate their reason for being up for a college football playoff spot? Who do you like? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with BYU here, mostly for the fact that they're used to having a little bit more spotlight on them. You know, you, you just don't know. Some kids just aren't ready for like a big time game with yeah. a lot of people in the country are gonna be watching them. You know, and and in Coastal Carolina, well, you know, the story's been great this year. Maybe some more people have tuned in to watch. There's gonna be a lot more people watching this game this weekend. There's a lot more national cha- attention. Obviously, game days there. I just think BYU has been in, in bigger moments. I'm not saying BYU has been on game day all the time, but they've been in bigger spotlight moments. I think they are able to handle a little bit better. I think they come out there and play a little bit better. I love Zach Wilson. I think he's a great quarterback. So I'm going to go with BYU this one. 
All right. I'm just going to fade you. I got to go with a double-digit home dog. I think BYU will win. I think it'll be a great game. Give me 10 points, Coastal Carolina. That will be a fun game to watch. All right. Well, that's all we got, man. Um, Murray, have a great time this weekend. Anything on your way out? Should we be listening for any keywords? Are you going to give us a hat tip with a with a secret code during the game for punt and pass. There will be, uh, you know what your job is to remind me in the third or fourth quarter. I do. Um, so just be ready now or should I just text it to you? We'll talk about it on Monday. No, you need to remind me because I will remind you. And if it happens, we will talk about it on Monday. And again, it's not my idea. It's a longtime listener of punt and pass, a huge Tennessee fan. He said, you will become the most popular man in the state of Tennessee. So, we will see if that happens. All right. Appreciate your time. Be sure to head on over to Prize Picks. Download the app. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PUNT. Of course, you will be automatically entered into our contest, which runs through December 20th. You get a 100% deposit match on your first deposit up to $100. Follow Aaron at AaronMurray11. Follow me at Drew Butler on Twitter and Instagram. We, of course, are at Punt and Pass. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. See you.